welcome to episode five of Game Dev with a shot of Jameson. My name is Jameson Doral, and I'm a game designer with 20 years of experience that likes to help people learn more about the video games industry. Every Wednesday, I have one of my friends from the industry to talk about their careers, how they got started, and lessons they learned along the way, all while answering questions in the live stream. There's a link in the show notes if you'd like to join us live next time and get your own questions answered. Today, we have our first return guest, John R. Diaz is back to continue our discussion and talk about his new position as senior tech game designer at EA Frostbite. Let's get going. How you doing, buddy? Yo, good to be back, Jameson. Good to be back. What is up, man? Uh, you know, I, I love it when this comes on because it's like my heart stopped to the day. It's like unplug, disconnect, last email sent out, and it's. You know, it went from the first time I was on, it went from feeling like, okay, it's like an interview thing. I got to be alert and ready. And now it just feels like I'm hanging out, man. Like I'm That's right. I'm ready. That's what ready I tell people. This it. is what I love most about this night is I just get to kick it with one of my friends and talk about the industry, right? Like that's fun for me. So I like it. <laughs> but you know what we got to do now? We got to do the first shot. Okay, we got, okay, we got yeah. five of them waiting. We got a long way to go. So let's uh let's do that. Let's do that number one. My man. Oh, wrong button. Salud, Jameson. <laughs> Cheers, my man. All right, we're gonna pay um Jesus. Oh wasn't ready for that. We're gonna pace these out a little bit. Please do. <laughs> actually i know i know you're good like I, but if you make me keep up with you it's gonna get sloppy real fast <laughs> that's all good so i did want to say uh, i kind of skimmed back through our last episode you are officially the first return visitor so this is going to be our first time having somebody come on to finish a conversation um there's there was two things that stuck out to me that that i don't felt like we don't feel like we covered well enough last time and that was, I want to talk a little bit more about your time at Rockstar and the projects that you had and kind of like what your role was on each of those. Dig into that just a little bit, whatever you can say, you know, obviously. And then the other, I don't think we talked nearly enough about your, your time in, um, in Lumberyard and just focusing on making tools and improving tools and teaching tools, right? So I feel like those are two things we should definitely touch on quite a bit more today. And then I of course- I definitely want to, I want to get your take on- on Montreal as well. Oh yeah. 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 And we got, we got lots to cover. Um, oh yeah. So the, the guys are noticing that I put the little credits ticker in the, uh, in the chat. I don't know if you see that oh. there, like it's, it's basically scrolling your, your credits there along the way. Hey, Barley. Dope. I, didn't even, I, didn't even, I just noticed that now I was wondering what he was talking about. Sorry, Barley's trying to leave. I'm like, get back in here. All right. What else we got yeah, here? Uh, making sure I'm not missing anything else here. Executives was asking if I'm one of the 12 on Red Dead 1, and I I think so. You are, I, I, yeah. I, it's, when you say 12, I'm like, man, yeah. I thought it was at least 10, so 12 sounds about right, but I was fortunate to come in on the tail end of that. Yeah, that was a... There was always this group right after me that, or, you know, sometime after I graduated, it was like the group everybody talked about, right? And that was like, 
it was you and Rusty and um and Bulla and Danny, yeah, yeah exactly all that whole group DJ. that like were the yeah. like the like this Josh just went yeah just went out and did you know all these cool things so kind of moved out together and overlapped a lot you know that kind of thing so that, that's a group a lot of people hear about for sure the timing was sweet and I remember coming back to campus as a result of the project like I think we had just shipped it and the timing went right like uh it was uh summer of 2010 summer like may 2010 and i'm, I'm pretty keen at that time because rockstar has a way of nailing down that prime like nhl playoff nba playoff uh commercial spot so <laughs> we would be out in the bars enjoying a, a little bit of post crunch life and we would see the commercial come on and, nice. and you know that like iconic guitar string wild west medley like dinnin and black screen red red text and we would all go crazy or it would be similar to this right but like shots drinks that's right that's <laughs> kind of the way to do it mm -hmm. all right so let's uh where do you want to start you said you wanted to talk about montreal what, what were you thinking about with that um, so yeah, we can get there. I, I can cover a little bit of the time through Rockstar and then making the move from SoCal to Montreal because okay. I, I really want to get your perspective on what Montreal is as a city and as a game dev hub. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure we we kind of look at it the same way. And then being in it was a whole eye opening experience. Yeah. Okay. Well, then mm -hmm. you want to start with Rockstar then? Like, uh, sure. So, sure. so when you first got there. Uh, what was, mm -hmm. was the first project you worked on, Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, I got there deep in the heart of, uh, we got to ship this beast. Right. And they were very clear about that in the interview, right? Like, I, I was coming in super bright-eyed and like, oh, my gosh, this is the company that is on my top, you know, three, top two shortlist of places I want to work at. No matter what it takes, whatever you guys want to pay me, I will be here, right? If you guys don't want to pay me, that's fine, too. Um, and they kind of understand that. So they were very clear with me up front that it's like, you know, they would, we were in the room sitting together and they were kind of alluding to the, the dev floor, right? The interview right. room is always in this little corner of the room. You don't get to see the development going on. At least how, that's how it was over there. Everything was very hush, hush behind closed doors. And they were very clear when they kind of saw that the, you know, there was potential for me that. Hey John, you're going to be coming into the thick of things. These yeah. guys have been cracking away long days, six day weeks, things like that, trying to get this wrapped up. And uh, so I credit to them for being very upfront and honest, right? That I wasn't coming in to something that I wasn't expecting. No, that's good. That's actually my favorite time to enter a project. Like if I'm going to a new company, I want to to be in the thick of it, right? Because that's one, you're going to learn the most, right? Because early oh, yeah. on, you're probably not figured out your processes yet. You know, there's a lot of, you know, you're early in a project, you're doing a lot of let's figure this out. Whereas at a new company, I wanted to learn what I need to know first, right? Let me learn how things operate. Let me get familiar with what's happening. And you get a, usually you get a title on your resume very quickly, which is yeah. also very nice. That is super nice, Jameson. I, it was the same kind of thing on Blacksite, where I came in kind of a year out. And so the same for Red Dead. And I think when I came in, you know, we were trying to get it out that year. And then we got pushed back. 
Mm. Uh, but you're absolutely right. There's no better way to come into a team and to prove yourself and, and earn your stripes than being in the thick of it. Like systems are kind of locked down. Um, the story's kind of locked down. And, and it's just a matter of getting everything playing, finding the fun, getting the feel right, smoothing it out. QA is hammering at it the moment you come in there, right? And, and you're inheriting a bunch of content content that's like kind of half done, mm-hmm. mostly done. You got to polish it. And you're absolutely right. There's like no better way to learn than in that environment yeah. and get the credit, right? Yeah, exactly. I, so- um, there was something that you guys touched on. I was watching, uh, is it, is it, is it Rajiv? Um, yeah, Raj, yeah. You brought your boy, you brought your boy on Rajiv, who's got like twice my experience. And <laughs> a popular question kept coming up was the kind of whole imposter syndrome thing. Yeah, yeah. And I noodled on that a bit. What really helped me on two occasions, right? At Midway and at Rockstar, especially Rockstar, because, you know, the pedigree and the, the, the game, you know, the, the franchises and everything that, that they touch on from Midnight Club and GTA, it's very easy to kind of come in, like, kind of scared to do anything, right? Yeah. Like, yep. these, are, these are veterans and people I look up to. And what really helped with that was the fact that I had 10 other full sailors already there. And I kid you not, like my first day there, I'm walking in, you know, uh, exec producer, his name's David. He's walking me around the floor, introducing me to every department, every team, you know, kind of establishing those critical relationships as fast as possible, yeah, right? Yeah. The design usually has to be in every, 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 every place, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, in my pod or close to where I was sitting, right, all the designers kind of in one corner of the room all the scripters I want to say. Uh, I'm coming in, I'm walking, and, and some guy, like, you know, his, you know the, he's in his chair, he kind of turns around, and he sees me, and you see, like, oh, he, like, sh- jumps out of his chair and comes over and gives me the biggest hug ever. And you know who that was? <laughs> I, I have a few guesses. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick Zipman. Uh-huh. That, that was going to be Zipman, one of them. Right? He's just in his character, right? Yeah. Like, Bigger than and that was and that right there instantaneously <laughs> kind of made me feel like I was part of the team and that you know we're in this together yeah. and we'll figure it out and we'll teach you and we'll we'll help you because we were there and and that like I, I don't th- I think that's so priceless man yeah that's I've only had that experience once and that was when I went to work at EA because I'd left. Uh, I'd left Oddworld when it shut down and, and two of my buddies from Oddworld went there at the same time. So that was, uh, that, but that's the only time I've gone somewhere and had somebody there that I knew already. Like that's, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. How did it feel? How did it feel when you had oh, two buddies that you knew you were coming into? It's, it's incredible. Cause like one, like the level of comfort you get from knowing that I can like, somebody's in the same shoes that I am right now right is is super awesome but then also like knowing that there's somebody i can talk to that will understand right so like when you're trying to navigate a new workplace there's a whole yeah. lot of like how 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 do they operate here like even even the simple things is like you know 
what kind of scale do they use it when they're, when they're building something? Um, you know, what kind of tools are they using? I've never used that before. Have you like, you know, and you can, you can talk a little more comfortably with someone, you know, about like, what do I need to know about this? So, I, so I can, you know, look better to the people around me, you know, like there's, there's just all kinds of little comforts that come from having somebody there that, you know, and trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shout out to Nick Zip. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, I, I see some comments there from game dev Josh, and it makes me feel good, man. He's like, I can tell I'm going to love this stream. <laughs> so I'm not only a guest, but I'm a subscriber and a hardcore follower for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So my day to day aboard that team was, you know, we're, our, our title officially is like game designer, but I say we're more scripters. Even there, we were kind of more akin to gameplay programmers because we're writing a uh, text-based script. And my designated area of the game was a good um, you know, handful of missions in the main campaign along the golden path. Mm -hmm. and the golden was, path, all right. Well, I mean, you can't get through the story yeah. Right. You can't you can't complete the game without right. getting through those missions. No, that's cool. I just I've never heard it called the golden path. I've always heard the critical path or you know, I've never oh, heard other yeah. terms. That's that's a good you're one. Right. I like that. Critical path. I I, you, I guess you're right. That's the more common one. <laughs> golden path. I like it though. That's good. <laughs> Do you know where that came from? I forget the game that did it, man. Maybe you remember. There was an open world game, I don't know if it was Fable or something, and you could right click or bumper or trigger and it would kind of like sprinkle stardust along the route you had to take and that's where i kind of get the golden path mm. analogy from I, I don't remember interesting yeah uh but yeah so being a mission designer or a campaign designer knowing that this is the the critical path and there's going to be a lot of eyes on it especially i had a lot of early content that was already kind of halfway there. So I just had to polish it. And mm -hmm. I, and I, I think that was a great place to be for a, a noob entering the team and the company, right. To kind of see how things are laid out and just have to tune and tweak and refine. Um, but a few things that they did on that team that was really helpful. And there was something called build day. And so every Wednesday, you know, so every Tuesday night, they would lock down a build, QA would hammer on it, so that come Wednesday morning, it was ready to be deployed to everybody's machine, mm. and everybody would get some designated part of that massive game, right? So oh, we're talking okay. about mini games, missions, side content, uh, intro, outro, things like this. Even multiplayer was being hammered at. And this was awesome because... And, and I'm curious, in your experience, too, there's a lot of developers that never play the game. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and this is just mind-blowing to me. Yep. That, that is 100% that is, um, my experience as well. Um, and at, at companies I've been at, we've tried to, to create the kind of scenario that you're talking about where it's like, hey, every whatever, we're going to look at this. But the truth is, everyone gets so busy... Yeah. And then even the people that are trying to, you know, regulate or mandate this kind of thing, they're like, no, actually, I need I need these people to be fixing this thing that's critical right now. And then it just quickly falls to the side. Right. Yeah. So that's where 
you got to be diligent with that. Like I've never really had that experience in the way you're talking about over an extended period of time. And I wish that I had. This was, this was vital in nailing down that game, man. In those last like 10, 10, 12 months, um, it was vital and, and credit to the producers that we had around us. Those guys were worth their weight in gold. And for some reason they were big guys, man. They were like, Oh, like, football basketball player athletes <laughs> uh they were really effective at going around troubleshooting hey is this working is it installed okay everybody go you know and file bugs and and identifying those like progression stoppers right mm-hmm. like straight up hey i'm stuck in a wall or the mission's not progressing because i accidentally managed to kill the, the you know the the guiding npc or whatever that like is holding the token to, to mark the mission complete or something like that. Right. Um, so that, I would say that was super vital and something that you're right. Unfortunately, I don't see anywhere else. Uh, and it's too, too, uh, too uncommon, unfortunately, but it was great. It was a great tool that it always kind of sticks with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I love it. Yeah. I'd like um, to see more of that. <laughs> Right. I mean, designers, we get the benefit of playing, having to play as part of our job. Right. Right. Uh, we're the front lines. Uh, but the other disciplines, for whatever reason, sometimes they can get away with not having to play to make sure their content is is ready or something. Yep. <laughs> well, not to mention the amount of, you know, like it tends to be artists that aren't gamers at all. Like yeah. it's, that, that one really blows my mind, too, that they just. They don't care about making or playing games. And I'm just always like, well, why are, why are you, why, why does this industry intrigue you if you don't love games? Right. Cause there's, there's a lot about this industry that sucks, right? Like, like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard work. That's let's be you know, real. There's, yeah. I'll like there's, there's tough stuff. And a lot of the times I'm like, well, but I love it. Right. So I'll, I'll push through that thing and it'll get better. Right. But if I don't love it, <laughs> then what keeps you driven, right? And that, that, that blows my mind a little bit when I hear that people don't enjoy playing games. Absolutely. Like, how do you... I've, I think I can count on one hand out of the hundreds of people I know that have just kind of fell into it somehow, mm. which is a rare shooting star kind of <laughs> right. thing. Like, you just <laughs> fell into this dream job. <laughs> yeah, um, that doesn't happen that often. That's true. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so that there was a lot of hours, blood, sweat, and tears getting that game wrapped up, and uh, you know, I I'm, I don't know I don't know where you stand on like crunch, but to 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 the defense, you know, it was something that like the whole team did. We were all united in that front. Um, there you know there were hourly people versus salary people, and. I was on the hourly side, so I got compensated for mm. all of the additional time that I put in. And to be fair, when it's a game that you like or enjoy, or you're really passionate about, I wanted to do it, right? Yeah. Like I, I wanted my content to be as polished as possible. I wanted my buddy's content to, to be as polished and, and streamlined as possible. Uh, but you know, those, it was, it was, very little time for life, <laughs> a lot of time working. I remember we didn't have time for like 
much, right? You would just see Amazon packages coming through every day because we didn't have time to go out and get anything, <laughs> right? It was like games, supplies, things like that, care packages. Um, Deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> we had showers and everything. Uh, but it, it was good times, man. Nobody was forced into it, you know? We all did it because we wanted to. Occasionally, we, we definitely went and called people and grabbed people from their house, like, yo, we need you, man. You got to come over. Um, <laughs> it definitely happened. And and we were super well compensated after the fact. That's good. Uh, in, in in a lot of different ways, right? And And on that project in particular, what was super cool was that after we shipped, we got like a nice month off of just comp time, right? To so what I what I like to call what me and my buddies like to call we went from game crunch to life crunch, right? <laughs> it was just like go out and live, go out and travel, you know, take vacation. Go. We we did did my first cruise with some buddies uh, down to like the Caribbean and things like this. That was that was just like. You got to reprogram your mind to remember what what yeah. it is to live when you've been so immersed in this world where all you think about are the problems, of the bugs, of the issues, um, and and how to make that better because the deadline is near, right? Like that right. that ship date is coming. Yeah, and you just want it to be good, man. So I have a lot of opinions on crunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I give them to you, let's do that second shot. You ready? Yes, sir. Let's do it. That's that's one to that's one to get on. <laughs> Cause I, I'm oh, fuck it. All right, here we go. You don't have to shoot it if you don't want to, but I'm just. Saying, I'm, I'm gonna take a I'm nice, do it. a nice sip in there, <laughs> a nice deep swig. There you go. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. All right, so. Crunch. For the sake of crunch is bad. Yes. Right? Now, you said a couple of things there that I 100% agree with. Like, the, well, let me set a, let me set a foundational thing. I pers- my personal belief and experience is the way that people work best is when they agree to the amount of work that they've signed up for. Right? Mm-hmm. So, we do sprint planning. Here's the month. Here's the work that, that we've got. Let's say we've got a year left on the project, whatever it is. This next month, I'm signing up to do X amount of work. I'm going to get that work done, right? That's, that's where you should start, in my opinion. And yep. that, that's the right place to start. So things are going to happen along the way, right? You're going to lose a day to a build being broken. There's something you're working on that's going to take you a day longer than you thought it was going to take, right? Those kind of things are always going to happen, right? And so by the time you get to the end of that milestone, the odds are you probably have more work than time left. That's one example of, I think that's when crunch is great. You work extra to get what you promised done, done, right? Totally yep. cool. The other thing that you said though, is what I think is the most uh, beneficial use of crunch, which is I want my shit to be better, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am the person who's building this. This is part of my resume. I want this to be good. So I'm going to put in the extra time it takes to make that happen. And to me, that that's, that's the two legitimate and okay reasons for crunch because they're generally shorter term, right? That's, it's like, yes. you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing. I know what I'm signing up for. I'm getting it done. Um, 
what I hate is just mandatory crunch, man. And absolutely, when it gets down to like, hey guys, we're all behind, so we're going to be here twelve hours a day for six days a week. That's not good for anybody, especially nah, over a prolonged period of time. So that's that's where it's and and it happens, and sometimes you can't avoid it because generally either bad planning or something has gotten you to that that place. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and sometimes we're part of that, right? Like, you know, we, we also planned poorly because we didn't anticipate what, you know, what we were capable of or what kind of roadblocks we're going to get in our way. So I, I, that's what I hate. Yeah, bro. There's two things I want to definitely want to chase with that is, um, is yeah. When you are putting someone who doesn't want to do the extra work and requiring them to do the work, you're not going to get quality work out of them anyway. Right. So why, why subject them to that, right? Subject your product and the employee to that. Um, and I think the second thing, huh? the tequila, the tequila <laughs> took away the second thing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, dude, definitely like poor planning, um, shouldn't be taken out on the team, right? It should be taken out on the 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 managers and the employers and and you know it's it's also and 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 i don't even mean to say like sometimes that is the case right like someone above mm -hmm. you made a bad plan for you right mm -hmm. but if it's the right scenario where you're making that plan together then we both failed right and yeah and but then there's also other things on top of that which is you know we have the plan we're working through the plan we've been building the plan and then a change comes that requires us to pivot the plan and then we don't properly adjust estimates based on the new pivot, whether it's at a, at a feature level or even a bigger level. Right. So, but, but I think just how we handle adversity in our development plan is what is kind of what happens to cause a lot of the, the need to work extra to finish something up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, so <laughs> we got through it. And it was received to awesome critical reception, which looking back, right, makes it all worth it, typically. And I, and I can say that because at the time I was definitely single. I didn't have a family, uh, as opposed to, I guess, if you had a family, it would have been a different story. But even then, you know, there's like give and take. And again, being able to jump back into it when, when comp time was issued, uh, we we got to be invited back to full sale as a team come back meet with the student body at the time share our story try to encourage them to come aboard or or always kind of pursue their passion and dreams and and offer what we could to network and put on right i think there was a few people that we got to push push in to the team that are there now and uh and I think at other places as a result of going down there and putting that panel on, right? It was right, super cool. Right. Mm -hmm. I always see pictures of that panel. I wish I was around to have experienced that one. Yeah, oh. man. I, there was so many times that you and I were like one block away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Crunching like, <laughs> shoulders. I often think about that time we almost went to Brazil. Like, like up until a week before we were supposed to meet on a trip to Brazil. And then that just just imploded spectacularly spectacularly man from all ends i remember i got a call from i want to say it was gary jones <laughs> G 
Jerry Jones got me on the phone like, yo, my bad. There was some craziness that happened. And we're going to remedy this on, on every front. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the first time, first and last time I ever spoke to him. So to get, to give uh, everybody a quick kind of overview, there was a, like a, a game conference in Brazil and they wanted us to come as subject matter experts to speak. Right. And, and to kind of represent the university, but it was also like a sister thing that was happening down there. And what ended up happening was whoever was down there promoting this was basically pinpointing, especially you as like, the mind behind grand theft auto right yeah, and so it was a Oof. big misrepresentation of like who you were what you were doing it wasn't so much for me uh or at least that i'm aware of but they were just like look we we can't do this we've we've got to not make this happen because this is going in a place that and it was the right call right like we, we don't know how much was just miscommunication or whatever but it was clearly like we were getting put into a situation where we would have been very uncomfortable and so it yeah. was the right call. <laughs> Thank goodness. But you got to go later. I did after, like in another year. Yeah, I sure did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got to live was like Brazil two years ago, two or three course. years ago now. And it was amazing. And you should go and we should make that happen. So. Did you get to go as part of full sale? Yeah. Yeah. I went down and this time I did as a, it was kind of a recruiting trip where I went to high schools and, and talked about, you know, I basically did my career, um, my career talk and wow. was to show them like, Hey, here's where I started, like, where it started, where it is now, or like, you know what that meme is, you know, that's going on now. Uh, and, uh, yeah. so it's that kind of talk and just to show them like, Hey, here's what could happen for you. Right. You know, that kind of thing. There's a, there's a vibrant scene. I mean, in all Latin America, South America, but definitely in Brazil. Like I, I got to tap into that scene a little bit, um, trying to grow the lumberyard community down there for yeah. sure. But it's, it's a lot of talent down there. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I met some great, like there's a big game development community down there in general. And some people that are just, just figuring it out and doing some really cool stuff. They love games down there. It's great. Yeah, 100%. I went I went to speak at a they had like a week long conference or like almost like a not GDC but more like a like an E3 type thing, but people camped out in the convention center. There were tents, thousands of tents everywhere. People just slept in a tent, did land parties, like there were speakers all over. like it was this giant thing and it was incredible. There was like like 50 some thousand people or something there it was nuts but it was super cool that sounds like dream hack right doesn't dream hack mm -hmm. kind of have that, that vibe yeah or yeah that it is that that vibe yeah yeah nice i love dream hack hey yeah. real quick before we move on there's a really good question in the chat from ep Toolshed. he said how do you guys get better estimations do you plan a buffer into your milestones what's been your experience with that yeah every time anytime i've had a chance to uh, affect planning or be closely involved in those conversations or or dealt with awesome producers were the ones that always helped me um because I, I I'm notoriously terrible bad at giving estimations Jameson <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be 100 percent um it's good I that you always, realize that and you recognize whoa. it so I tell all my producers man I'm like yo I'll tell you I can do it in two three days um, but that's never accounting for the ninja work that's going to get thrown on right, me, right? right. Or, or having to help someone through something. Um, 
I know what I'm capable of, and I'm just terrible. Even my wife tells me, man, you're just terrible at accounting for the all the unseens and yep. the unknowns. Yeah. So the the best tool I've ever I've always seen is to kind of um, give me a good twenty to twenty five percent buffer yes. on whatever I say or time, and that that has generally saved me uh, down the stretch on 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 things that I can control in my in my domain. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because there's, there's two things for me that I've found are the most effective in helping to mitigate the, you know, the, the big crunch at the end. And one is at Volition, we only tasked people at 80%. So like literally when we're building out, you've got, you know, you got a 40 hour work week. We're only going to, you know, we're going to task you for 80% of that. And, and so that left the time for things that are just going to come up that we don't know about. Um, if you get extra time, awesome, make something you're working on better, right? There's, there's never a problem with more time, Um, but that like, you need that, that buffer time in there because of things like the build broke or someone needed something from me, or I need to take this afternoon off to go to the doctor. Like those things are always going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that for me, that was huge. And this was the, the best example I had for this was also at Volition on Red Faction Armageddon was the the early determination and cuts based on the trajectory right so we would have the whole thing planned out and then as soon as we would start to see that we were getting behind we would start looking for things that we could could cut from the game early so we didn't spend any time on those or reduce time on those and then we could catch up right and because we all we're always going to make those cuts right like we're going to find things that aren't going to work whatever uh, but the earlier you can make those decisions, the better it's going to be on your team. And as far as like, you know, getting to the point where you finish something in the time that you've promised you would finish it in. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. for to, that's, And that speaks to the leadership that you guys had at Volition, because that's generally the, yes, that's the, the best way, right? That, that should be the only way. It's like, hey, we're not going to get more time. Right. So where do we cut? Probably, and, probably not going to get more time, right? Like you, well, you yeah. might, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you know, worst case scenario, but yes. Yeah. Where, where are you going to cut? And, and every time something has been cut, I, let, me, let me not say every time. Let me say most of the time that things are cut, it just means that the, the core content that stays is going to be much better. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Right. Hopefully, hopefully that, that's, that's uh, the dream anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so you were finishing up red dead mm-hmm. and then now that's when you went on to GTA five. Yeah. So GTA five came along. Uh, we had a nice, a nice little hiatus in downtime. That's very rare. Uh, you know, max Payne three came in LA noir came in and was dealt by some of the homies around. Uh, and then GTA five was this kind of like <laughs> Christmas gift that was laid out to us. Right. And then, so we established <laughs> this, this, um, support studio model to rockstar North in, uh, Edinburgh, right there, the lead that's their baby. And then San Diego for the first time was going to be able to, to touch and contribute to a uh, grand theft auto. And, and so the other remote studios too, right. That was the first project that was like all hands on deck. Right. So you had our Toronto studio, our New England studio, San Diego, North Leeds. Everybody's working on that massive game. Well, I like to joke that it was 
is basically in production 24 7 right if you factor in the time uh -huh. differences and the yeah. time zones when people come in and go home uh and that was that was a, a massive game like i i i don't have the the analytics or the numbers to compare it to i guess the officially biggest game i think is witcher 3 like i, I don't know what they measure it with in terms of content or, or like is it a you talking the is game it itself, like the amount of content in the game itself? Yeah, like hours to get through all the content. I don't know if it's like Skyrim or Witcher Three or something, but GTA Five is was up there. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, it was huge, and it was awesome. To this was one of my favorite games of all time, and to be able to get in on that was for me. A huge kind of like a chance or an opportunity that that I, I loved, right? And and the way that you can kind of swap between three main characters mm. was kind of smart because it allowed you to cover that map uh, more efficiently, right? right? Or more realistically. Uh, but I got to own. We again, we were support, so we were kind of given the open world side content, right? Like, what are you doing on the side outside of the critical path? Right. And there were, there were a few opportunities that, that, you know, luckily landed on me. You know, I had pitched a few things. I had pitched like an, uh, an extension of kind of the old vigilante mode where like you get in a cop car and that unlocks a certain amount of content. Um, and uh, there was a fight club, you know, where I was going to kind of, Go, uh, get to design my dream. Like I'm a big fighting game fan, so kind of leverage their their combat, hand to hand stuff. Um, but it didn't. It, you know, we have we cut it, and it was oh. the right call. <laughs> it was the right call. Um, but so in place, some of my two big contributions I like to talk about are I had what we call like the Franklin taxi odd job missions. So when mm. you Franklin and you buy the taxi lot. There's a bunch of content whenever you where you're like an Uber driver essentially, right? Any car you pick up a specific person and drop them off. And um, the first version of that was kind of crazy taxi style, right? Like pick up anybody and you have a timer and get them from point A to point B and ride that out as fast as possible to get as much money as you could. And um, it got turned into like, hey, let's make this more, more. Uh, more sticky in terms of um, developing some characters and giving you some some interesting stories, uh, and that to me was special because um, my dad, uh, his his bread and butter, his his whole his career was uh, you know he was a, a taxi driver. Oh, okay. And so it was very special to me to kind of get to craft that out and and have conversations with him. Like, you know, tell me some of the stories or the, some of the people that you would take, right? He, he worked primarily in New York City, so a lot of his clientele was jumping between airports, going to Atlantic City, things like this. And he definitely inspired some of the characters. I was able to put a lot of myself and people in my life into some of those characters that I crafted uh, in that, you know, very distant side content. I love that. Um, I love it. Yeah. Do were you able to kind of put any any Jameson love, any Jameson shots into some of the stuff you worked on? <laughs> you know, um there <laughs> yes, 
I mean, there's definitely, there definitely is like, well, I think, I think as a designer, most of us, we, we draw from what we know. Right. And, and even when we're given something to work on, it's our own perspective on top of it. We'll research, we'll learn, we'll discuss, but there's also that bit of like, you, you, you almost can't help, but make it yours, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's you that's making it, which is also why I think designers specifically have a difficulty when hearing that their designs suck, right? Because, or it isn't quite working because we put so much of ourselves into it, even whether we want to or not. Dude. <laughs> yes. But like you know, it's like a yeah, it, it, to the field. it sucks. It's stab right in the heart. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, one of the, so one of the things I try to do is uh, in games that I worked on as much as I could, I actually tried to put an homage to my son in them. So I would either, I would get his name in the game somehow. And so that was kind of the thing that I started doing with, uh, I started with the first Godfather. And so I I snuck him in there somewhere in most of the titles that I've worked on. That's beautiful, man. That's like timeless, right? (laughs) It's good times, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Rainbow Unicorn. Some some other, I I also got to, (laughs) and and I love, and this is like, sent like bolded on my resume is uh i got to own the prostitution gameplay and system in gta and and so there's two things to that right like for where i was at the time i'm waiting for you to tell us how this was your experience so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had to do a lot of research man i had to get out of the field (laughs) um from where I was at the time, you know, at least when I first played GTA three, this was something that we all talked about. It was like, yo, do you know that if you drive up to a prostitute, this happens and this is part of the game. And so like, no way. Right. And that was like 12, 13. Um, so then to be involved in carrying that forward and learning what goes into that and developing it and kind of getting desensitized to a lot of things. And then having my buddies kind of staring at me over the over the shoulder and being like, yo, there's no way that's gonna ship. That that is not going into the <laughs> final project. There's no way. And and lo and behold, it kind of all made it through. We had to we had to take out some egregious things. Uh, but it's pro it's prominently featured on my on my resume because there was so much more work that went into hammering that out when you factor in the hundreds of different cars that you have in that game and the many different variations of uh, pros that you can solicit. Um, and I remember having to go to my QA team, right? Like this was probably the first time I had to write like a detailed test plan and meet with the QA team and be like, all right, guys, this is what you're looking at. This is the breadth of content that I need you guys to plow through and tell me what bugs, how you can break it so that we can hammer finalize this. And, and it was like a good, a good week's worth of, of QAing. And I would just walk by and see cars bouncing on their screens and be like, <laughs> good job guys. Keep up the good work. Let me know how that goes. Uh, but for interviews, it's super handy information because I was given, like, it went from a single-player mechanic that one day I come in and leadership tells me, all right, John, 
this is going into online and it was never designed never never set up to be uh to work for more than one player that gets in the car right mm-hmm. so you put this in gt online where you can have 16 people and it's a whole different beast of bugs oh and, yeah that's that's oh. terrifying absolutely (laughs) there were so many liberties that i I took for granted right like all right this is my camera this is is what i can do this is what i have control and it opening it up to multiplayer as you know well you probably scripted everything to look at the player as a variable too right (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly and 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 people can like jump in the seat or jump in the back seat (laughs) and 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 all the madness there was a lot of a lot of logic bugs that completely took all the rules i thought were were kind of etched in stone and flipped it upside down yeah and and shout out to to barton slade another full sub grad that helped me wrestle with that for sure mm. yeah man um so we get gta 5 out the door and you know, super, super proud, super happy, super blessed, super fortunate. Um, and then we roll right into Red Dead Redemption Two. Like, like there's like no break, no time off. Oh, now was this and, one led by your studio? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a similar thing where it was like all hands on deck, right? Right. Now but we but usually studio. there's a lead studio, right? Like someone that kind yeah. of has it, and then they they. They siphon out the parts to various studios to help, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, there's, there's a core nucleus creative team that always helms it, right? It's always like the House oh, of Brothers. Okay. okay. Yeah, they're, they're always kind of like in charge of the, the story and the narrative. And you're saying that's um, true no matter what project or where. Exactly. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right. You can kind of look at them as like true, true creative direction, right? Yeah, like a yeah. president or VP of creative. Okay. Um, they, always, they always have a say in everything. Um, and that's why, that's why the games generally have a cohesive feel generally, right? There's always like two, four, six sets of eyes that are looking at everything frame by frame, uh, ensuring that it's good. Um, that, uh, and, and that was awesome, right? I was like, okay, Red Dead 2, it's time to prove that like the first one wasn't a fluke, right? Right. Or... Or, okay, let's do all the things, right? This is the typical thing that happens on every sequel, right? It's like, we're going to do all the things that we didn't get to do on the first one, right? And we're going to dump it all in. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, and and uh, that, honestly, it, I think, I, think I, I was hit because of kind of rolling straight into another project and, and it kind of got heavy and fast very quickly. Yeah. Where I was just kind of going through the motions, man. I, I, I for the first time in my life, in my career, I kind of, I got burnt out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if you go right from one to another, that's uh, that's going to hit you pretty hard. Yeah, bro. And, and I, I felt like, you know, five years, I was about five years in, you know, I, I was familiar with the systems and, and had a great team around me um, and, and was able to kind of mentor and, and show other other guys coming in some, you know, scripting tools and things like this. Uh, 
and I, you know, I felt like, hey, I could, I could do my hundred percent work. I could do it in set hours in a day, and I wasn't. I was no longer making that concession between like, oh, you need more time than than my like hundred percent, right? Right, or, right. Or eight hours. And you can only give a hundred percent so long, right? Like, <laughs> well, you can you can pedal to the metal hundred and fifty percent for so long, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like the and and as as much as I love where the game was at the time and what it was going to be, uh you know, I had to make the tough decision or it was, it was like a, it's like a mutual decision, right? Maybe more on their end to, to part ways. Mm. And I took time off, um, from games for like a good, a good year. Oh, really? Okay. Year. Yeah. So, uh, just, just did a bunch of things I always wanted to do, right? Like went to Europe, had some nice, like two months of backpacking out there and just kind of, dabbling in random things that weren't games. Um, All right. Were you single at the time? I was definitely with uh, a special person at the time. Okay. And, and that, that had something to do with it as well. Right. Like, like I only ask call... because when I hear somebody doing like, I'm, I'm going to take a year off, I'm going to go like two or something. Like when you've got another person and this industry is tough on spouses and significant others. Right. So that's why whenever I hear that, I'm always curious, like, what, what was that like for you? Was there someone there that was a part of that decision, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there, there was. And, um, you know, uh, it was, it, it had something to do with it because I always joke about Rockstar as like a, a very jealous mistress, right? Like, <laughs> she's like, wants a lot of your time, right? And doesn't like anybody else getting that time. But I, 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 all my buddies that are still there, you know, assure me that things have changed and they're all happily, you know, raising their families and, and time is good and they're nice. all working from home safe and sound. So so they did learn. It was just, it, it didn't happen soon enough for my taste yeah. at the time, right? Like yeah. I kind of getting the, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll change, uh, you know, but, it, but I, I had something I had to give, right? Yeah. Uh, B Gamer has an interesting yeah. question. So actually, hold on. Before we get to that one, there, he has another one too. So, right. First thing we're going to do, we're going to take a shot. You ready? Let's do the shot. We got to catch up, man. We got three to go. James, I'm having a blast, man. I, I, I know in the first one you were like, Heavy in, you had ones without me, but this time I kept you to it. I asked you, don't drink alone, man. That's a bad nice. time. <laughs> Cheers, Sorry. buddy. Cheers, buddy. All right, now Thank he you. has Thank another you. question. So he asked, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you answer this. I'm gonna run to the restroom after this real quick. <laughs> I'm feeling it too. The bladder's like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but but he said, what was it like working on such big titles? What was there a lot of pressure? That's that's a big question and a good question, so, and I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, me too, right? I'm doing it.
All right. All right, we're back. Now, you there, my man? Yes, sir. All right, cool. So, big titles, lots of pressure. What was that like for you? Um, lots of pressure on big titles. So, I will say that the the fans or the you know yeah I, I would say that the fans cannot be as hard or at least in 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 the experience with uh with rockstar is that they cannot be harder than we are on um, you and, yeah yeah so like we wanted to be as good as possible uh even knowing what goes into it right like we know hey this is going to take this amount of time or or make these concessions and the fans are generally hungry and they want everything right right and but to be fair we want it even more right we we know you know it's it's hard for us to have to make that call to cut something that we know is like almost there what 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 do you think about that jameson oh man um it's it's tough like now arguably the the titles you worked on were were much bigger titles than the ones i worked on right like there's bro i love saints row and godfather man. well i mean yeah those are definitely big titles right and now the the problem with with the godfather was how the especially the first one specifically was how much it had to emulate the movie right so not only did we have an audience to you know to to you know appease but we also had a masterpiece of of movie history that we had to to also do well wow. by so mm-hmm. it was tough right and like now i i came in kind of like you did on that one i came in pretty late i had about a year on the project um so i didn't have to make any of those big decisions as far as like you know, how are we going to make this like the, the movie, but not like the movie, you know, those kind of things. And the, the way that I thought that game did very well was kind of showing the, like, there's a side character that's kind of doing all the dirty work that the movie talks about, but doesn't really show, you know, like, it, yeah. or, and, and even the times it does show, like when Luca Brasi gets, you know, killed, like you're there, you're a part of it. And, oh. and, you know, but it was like this, this other perspective that was really neat. I thought that was a really good job. But then, yeah, that was really well done, actually, right? Because you you were like right there, and it it fit in the movie, right? Like it, it could have happened just as easily in the movie, like it didn't yeah. break continuity. Yeah, and then also being the guy who puts the horse head in the bed, like to me that was one of the most brilliant level designs. Well, the level itself I, had some issues, but the thought behind it, as far as like we never saw how that got there, like that was a perfect example of how you could have a game kind of create that experience for someone. So. Like that stuff is tough, but all that said, there's a lot of pressure there, right? And then on the Godfather Two, this was my first like lead mission designer role, right? And not only that, I was also building content for the game. I was in charge of the first mission of the game and the last mission of the game. And the first mission of the game was the E3 demo. So, so like you talk about pressure, like literally everything I'm building is what everyone's going to see of this game first. And that's, that's a, that's a lot. That's, that's a, it makes you want to work harder. Mm-hmm. It really does. That's awesome that you, 
you rose to the challenge, right? I feel like a different breed of person would maybe crumble, pass it off, make excuses. Oh, man, I wanted to. (laughs) Wanted it. No, no, actually, I didn't. I wanted to do it because, like, I that was. But it was my opportunity to also prove myself, right? Like I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm leading and I'm leading by example. And like, to me, that's the, that's the only way to actually lead. So like, that was, that was the, I would have had that part any other way. You're the man, bro. Like, I just want to take a second and, and, and honor you because <laughs> there's a, there's a meme, there's a meme that I always push. And it's like the, the leader on top of the backs of a few people trying to pull it. And, you know, he's like, commanding people go forward and then there's a leader that's like at the front of the group pulling everybody like let's go let's go yeah that's the only way to do it man that's the only way to do it i appreciate that though i appreciate hell yeah hell yeah i i i've i've interviewed for lead spots and it just goes to show that i don't i don't i'm not ready i'm not i'm never able to kind of sell it or convince people around me um and maybe maybe it's something that I always kind of even shy away from, right? Like if, if there's a fork behind, like you know, going down the specialization and and being an experienced dude versus kind of the management people person route, I always opt for the the specialist route. So yeah, uh, credit to the people managers out there that still get their hands dirty. Man, I, so I will say this. Here, here's the thing you have you have to also think about, and we've touched on this a little bit with the imposter syndrome stuff, right? I have never felt like I was ready. I've never okay. felt like I was ready, but I knew that it was what I needed to do, and I knew that where I wanted to go, that was the path I had to take. And so I just jumped in, and I was literally like, "I'm going to believe in myself." I'm, yeah. I don't right now, but I'm going to, right. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm yeah. scared out of my mind right now, but I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to do it. And, and I think part of it also is, you know, understanding like, like really understanding what that step is and what it means for you and being clear with people about what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are and how you're going to contribute to a team, right? Like content creation has always been a big, a big strength of mine. Right. So like, yep give me missions. Let me build it out. I'm going to create an experience for someone. Awesome. And now, and so there was a little bit of when I moved on to Godfather, like that's something I'm, I know I'm good at. I'm going to continue to do that and then show others. Here's how I want everyone to do this. Right. And so then that's how I kind of learned to split my time. But at the same time, I really worked a lot on that project because I was essentially doing two jobs. And so like, that was, that was something I, I kind of regretted a little bit, but sure. at the same time, I don't know that I could, I could have done it any other way and had it go well. Dude, that's, that's awesome because yeah, that's, that's generally what I see, right? Like, uh, in all places until I got to Amazon in all places that a lead is, is often doing two jobs. Like you said, right? Like you're managing a group of people, which in and of itself is a full-time job. And and you're doing their job to like the highest degree, right? Like, hey, you're usually the most proficient person in the tools or have the most experience. And so that's that's what I've seen how people kind of get that spot. Yeah. And and it's and you're expected it's it's just expected of you. Uh and that's crazy. 
Uh, let's see. We got a question here. Did you find that managing expectations was key to your success as a leader or director? So yes. I mean, I, I personally feel like in any role that you're in, in, in any industry, but this is my industry, right? So we'll talk about this. Managing expectations is key, always key daily and weekly. And I always tell people this, and this is the simple example that I give. Imagine that you have a project that you say is going to take you a week to do. And as you're working on that, you start to see, oh, I'm falling behind. Um, you know, I lost a day for a build, whatever that is. And you continue to try and work, you work a little extra, whatever you need to do. And then by the time you get to Thursday, early Friday, you know, I'm not going to hit this. Right. Yep. And now there, there are very few options as far as what can be done to make this thing get done on, on the date that you said it was going to be done right later. It needs to be done later today. I'm there's only so many hours in the day. I'm this far behind. I'm yep. screwed, right? There's not a whole lot you can do. The earlier that you message that this is an issue, yes. the more options yep. that you have. Right? So now if I talk to my manager and I'm on day two, three, I'm like, listen, I'm falling a little bit behind. I lost a day here, whatever it is, that is actually appreciated. It is not mm -hmm. looked down upon you for saying I need help. Right. Absolutely. Because then at that point we've got more options. Can we scope it a little bit? Can we bring on somebody to help you? Like what, like there's more things we can do when you get to that last day, all you can really do is either crunch at it or cut it. And, and yep. that's, that's tough. And that's your options are limited. People would much rather hear early how something is heading. Absolutely. I, I, I would say that that's a sign of a veteran or somebody with a lot of experience, right? Is to not be scared to say, I need help. And one, the earlier you call it out, the better your team is able to address it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Smeagol. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That was a great question. It is a good question. All right. Yeah. So I kind of lost track where we were. Oh, you were you just you were you were having your journey across <sighs> Europe, right? Yeah, finding my center, man. And I even kind of like entertain, like, man, what, what, what's the game dev scene out here in like Spain or Italy or Amsterdam? There's a lot of talent in Amsterdam, truth be told, though. Like those guerrilla guys are up there doing really Poland amazing too. things. Poland, that's right, man. So much. There's, I've learned throughout my journey that pretty much every game engine is made in a Scandinavian country. I don't, I don't know what that is about the people up there. Uh, and they're like, rendering engine development uh love but all of those like unity unreal cry engine all of those things start in the scandinavian in the Scand scandinavs yeah man uh yeah um <laughs> so i i and and so i just want to pause at the awesomeness of another country or continent and that's not the u.s because what I learned from over there was that they work to live. And I saw that firsthand when, you know, I'm kind of backpacking and I'm looking for things and I'm, I'm hungry and it's a ghost town between like 12 and two. Like oh, everything yeah. is shut down. I said, where is everybody, man? I said, Hey, everybody's on like lunch or break. Everybody goes home to be with their family and like unwind and chill out. And then they come back to work. Right. That is so good. Yes. 
yes, two hours in the middle of the day. And it just, and then, so everything stays open later, but like, there's just more life at, at, at both ends of the day. Um, I came <laughs> back, I came back, I was like, all right, I'm ready to do this, right? Let me get back in there, put my foot in the water. And, and I felt like I can be a little bit more selective, right? I, I can kind of approach people that I wanted to work with. You've got and, a good resume now, right? Like you, you've, you've built some clout, right? Like you can, yeah. you can search around a bit. Yeah. Um, and in my, in my, so I'm in San Diego now and loving the West coast, loving the beach, uh, loving the weather. And, uh, there was a few, there's a few development studios in LA, right. That, that are doing pretty awesome things and some pretty powerful franchises and I can go down the list, but, uh, there was an opportunity at sucker punch around 2014 where they were looking for like a lead mission designer. And I spent like a good solid week on their design test, right? Like giving it all I had and it didn't work out, unfortunately, but they had just released or probably infamous second son was probably a year out or had just had been out for a year. So when I fast forward to today and I look back like, gee, what project was that? That would have been like lead mission on Ghost of Tsushima, man. That would have been <laughs> awesome. Would have been fantastic, bro. But you know, wh- whoever they got did a did a great job. Bro, that game, still on my queue. I'm playing that game every Thursday on stream right now, and I try I, to catch you. It is so good. Like so good. It's it's top three open world games I've ever played. Like it's mm. it's it's real good, real good. Oh, okay. If you say that, it's real that good. That moves it up. That right. moves it up. All right, real quick. All right. <laughs> I have to do a robot laugh. Have you heard the robot laugh yet? Is it the high pitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Dude, that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Yo, forget everybody, man. You got to oh, make yourself laugh. man. That's you gotta be able to do it. You know, and and all right, and I'm gonna touch real quick on one thing. Like <laughs> I agree that laughter is my favorite and most important thing. And the the way that I knew that I'd found the right soulmate was my wife now. The first night, all we did was laugh at each other. Like we <sighs> laughed all the time. And like that was just like, you know what? That's it. Like that's that's what that's I need it. to be happy is to know that we have the same sense of humor. It's good times. Shout out to <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Dural, because uh, last time I was on the podcast, uh, last time I was on the stream, you were not married, and right. you are married now. That is right. That has happened since. Man, isn't that crazy? Can we, can we do it? Is that is that number four? Let's do number four. Let's do it Let's right do now. Number four to that man to, to happily married men. Take I'm, I'm pouring it. I'm pouring it. Right. Cheers. That's a good one. Cheers, sir. Cheers, buddy. Now, it's funny get, how they get smoother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, got a, I got that new. I got that special song when we get to number five here in a minute. I know that song. Love it. Love oh. it. All right. So now let's jump back real quick. B gamer had a good question. It's a tough question, and that's, it's kind of the reason it made me think of significant other. Do you guys think it's easier to not have a significant other while working in the games industry? 
it's twofold. Uh, it's twofold, and 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 I I appreciate your input on this, Jay. It's twofold for me because I know I can I can I can put myself in my single days when I'm able to just kind of focus on the thing I got to do and nobody to answer to and nobody waiting for me at home. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, and even hanging out with the team, you know, late into the hours and and coming up with these crazy ideas and okay. Well, and boom, bonding, so, right? Like there's a bonding. lot, the bonding with the team is a big deal, man. Dude, that's so huge. And that, yeah, that makes me think. So to have, you know what? All right, here we go. I, I'm, I'm flip-flopping now because there's there's an element to having someone to kind of ground you and and get you out of the the deep dark hole that you can get in it mm-hmm. into as a creative right to be like hey disconnect detach breathe look this way um and then go back in right yeah but the i think the best the best of both worlds is to have someone that you can bring along for the ride, mm-hmm. you know, as, as much as possible, right? Like, like, Hey, we, we're going to work around the schedule. We're going to, um, plan around it. We're going to, and, and make you take your time off. Right. Like I, I yeah. recruit a ton of vacation. And if it wasn't for my significant other being like, yo, it's time for a break, time for vacation, you know? Uh, so, so in my younger days, I would have said, you can do the best work of your life single and you make those tight bonds single, but the uh, older me mid thirties, me says you can have the best of both worlds and a great companion that you can include on that ride and helps you make those strategic decisions to kind of keep you a balanced, sane person where you don't do what I did and burnt out and had to take a year off. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So man, so I have, um, Here's my my opinion on this, or my experience, I should say. So when I first got into the industry, I had met my my son's mother, and you know, got I actually got married my in my first year in the industry. Um, wait, wait, that's this this that's this marriage too, right? Yeah, yeah. So this oh, is shit, yeah. okay. right. So yeah, my son's now sixteen, so he's he's a big boy. But, uh, yeah, so he basically what happened was we, you know, I met her, I actually met her while I was at Full Sail and then got into my first job and, uh, and then we got married shortly after that. Right now here, here's the thing. If you're looking at easier is an interesting question, right? Because Mm. is there the freedom to, cause there's, there's long hours early on in your career. There's, you know, the ability to be flexible, all those things. There, there are benefits to being single a hundred percent. Right. But the support structure of someone that's, that's like you're a partner and Poor someone structure. that's got your back. And yeah. now as long as it is someone that is supportive of what you're doing, yeah. the benefits of that is huge. So, I do not think there's a right answer to this. I really do not. I think it is, it's all about you, what you're, what you want to do, where you're trying to go. And if you find someone that fits you and is supportive of what you want to do, awesome. Right. If you Executive. don't have that person, cool. It, it's, it, it's, it, it, there's no right answer. 
Oh. I, I hear that shit. Should I hear that right now? <laughs> I, I can picture him being like, holy shit, I hear that right now. <laughs> it's 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 tough, but it's also seriously like there there's not there's not a a real right answer to that, I don't think. I I'd love to follow that and say that that was a big a big thing that made me leave Rockstar. And it it was it was ultimately like kind of a bait and switch where, you know, the person was super motivated, you know, enamored and supportive in the beginning. And then when when she saw kind of the work and dedication that it involved, kind of like, you know, uh, flip, flip the script. It's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And and so that's a testament to a sign that that I saw in in my wife today. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. like it's like, oh. You know, babe, you ride with me when, when, like you said, has your back. Like when the going gets tough, you know what it takes to get these games done and right. finish. And you know, on the flip, on the on the flip side, that yes. like when it's done, you know, we're we're right back into it, right? Like it's temporary. It's temporary. That's, exactly. That's, and, that's the big thing. And you're first. Right. You got to you got to put them first. Yeah. I put them first. It's yeah, tough, man. man, because it would be real nice to be like, I can just work 14 hours a day. <laughs> sleep under my desk, you know, like, but, but that's, that's just, that's one view. Like there's, there's gives and takes in both. Like there's been pros and cons to both. So oh, we got some great questions coming from your stream tonight, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. Smeagol's like, shit just got real. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like sitting on the edge of their, their seat. Like, Oh, what's he going to say? Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, um, Oh, what's up? You go. You go. <laughs> uh, never been in a relationship. Do you guys have uh, you? You guys have great insight and perspective. We'll appreciate that. Like all we have is our experiences, right? And and the and the thing that I love most about this this stream, this podcast, this scenario is we get to I get to give you multiple perspectives from various people that are like, here's what it was like for me. It might be like this for you. If it is, here's how I handled it. Right? Like that's. That's a, that's a lot of great information that when I got into this industry, I had none of zero had nobody. (laughs) So like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. I think, I think it's really important stuff. Dude. And I I love your podcast. I love the fact that your stream pushed you to put into a podcast and you did it because there's not like, there's not a lot of game dev focused podcasts. There's like hundreds of, Hey, let's talk about games and let's write about games but there's none about the people that are making the games just talking about what they put into it and what else coming back with my dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so this is so critical and vital and like, I'm so happy you're doing this and I'm super honored to be in the podcast already and be uh, coming back on the stream because all the ones I've heard so far say from rusty, we're all like, Oh shit. We ran out of time, but we got to bring you back, man. <laughs> That's right. You're the first one to come back, so it's good. It's good. You're the man. You're the man because you, you invited me back, and I was like, sure, 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 I'll come back. And then you you, you hit me up before I had to hit you up. Usually, the bill collector comes the other way around, right? Like It's like, yo, you said this thing on this day. No, man, I care a lot about this, right? Like I like, and, and, and it's funny because... One of the main reasons that I decided to go back to Full Sail and, and become a part 
of you know the of, of working there was was to be able to be around students more and like people that want to know what it's like to do this and i'm like i i've done a lot of this and i and what i desire is to share that right and I, this gives me another opportunity to share that and to allow my friends to share it so that's that's super great i love it dude i love it too all right so here's where we're at we got 30 okay. minutes okay. 30 minutes I think we need to really dig into the like lumberyard and tool side of things for you because that's like where your life's at now, right? Yeah, man. I, I, I can we can we get through Montreal? In like oh yeah, 10 yeah, minutes? yeah, yeah. Montreal, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do like Montreal time cap, hard limit, ten minutes. Oh, um, you're good. You're good. Uh, I I stumbled into Montreal from again fortune fates. Uh, reached out to on LinkedIn, a recruiter. And mind you, I lived in New York City and I'm so pissed at everybody in my circle in New York City because nobody told me that six, six hour drive, one hour and change flight north over the border, you had like anything goes at 18 years old, right? Like drinking age. Oh, and really? <laughs> I didn't know well, that. <laughs> well, Canada, Canada, right? Like 18 years old, you can drink and the Canadian dollar, right, compared to the American dollar, you, your, your buck goes a long way, bro. And, um, and plus the European culture, right? So I just came from Europe, and, and Montreal has so much of it, right? They're, they're basically right. like... Especially that. Montreal, very French, right? Exactly, exactly. And then French is a, the primary language. Right. Um, so so well, that was say. one... Say, <laughs> uh, my my wife is Quebecois, right? Like I found her over there, and I snatched her oh, up, put the ring on the finger. All right, <laughs> all right. Back home. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I recruiter hits me up, and he's like, "Yo, check out Warner Brothers Games Montreal." And this was on my short list, actually. Like of all the franchises I wanted to touch on or kind of come behind the scenes was definitely Arkham. Mm. Arkham is one of my top three games, bro. Like, so good. I'm a big comic book geek, as is. Um, and Batman is definitely one of my top three guys. And I, I am a huge fan of stealth and AI gameplay, right? So games like Mark of the Ninja, Dishonored, Metal Gear, Splinter Cell. <laughs> you really like, got to play Tsushima, dude. <laughs> oh, Shit. Sorry. It's, it's happening. It's happening. I say, I, my, it's like it's like number two on my queue. There's like Last of Us Two, and I'm trying mm. to get through like all in order. Uh, but all right, all right, I'll move it up. I'll move it above Last of Us Two. Um, <laughs> just because I know, man, it's gonna be like sixty hours into that bad boy before I get to do anything else in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Oh, oh, dude. They have co-op. Like I saw that on my Twitter feed. Just like, came in. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. It just came in a patch, free patch, which is nice. I, I maybe maybe I can line that some co-op gameplay with a good friend of mine. I don't know. Who, I don't know who, who that is, but shots. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Let's do it, man. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. That'd be awesome because you can like hold my hand as I probably get us killed and captured and caught. Oh, and dude, like I get this. killed all the time, but <laughs> yes, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so mind you, so the franchise is right on the money and the city is un, you know, unknown to me and I'm in sunny San Diego and they're like, Hey, you know, come check it out. 
And uh, what what do you know about Montreal out of curiosity? Like, I'm um, curious your your perspective on it. So, in in general, for me, there's a lot of culture, right? Like, uh, the the things that I hear from people. Well, one, like Canada in general, universal healthcare, all that good stuff, right? Like, yeah. a nice place to live. Just and and I've spent time in in Canada. Uh, around London area, which is just just uh, north of Detroit, and yeah, I really like enjoyed Toronto. my time there. Yeah, it's very yeah yep. near Toronto, so like a lot of just super chill vibe, very cool people, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, from on the game does on the game industry side of things, very much a you know a lot of people were flocking there, you know, about ten years ago because of all the tax breaks, that kind of thing. So a lot of people I knew were like, let's go, you know, like let's totally. go do that. But then once they got there, I would start hearing things about just the culture and how much like it just felt like the the vibe of the place was very cool. People mm-hmm. cared a lot about enriching themselves, right? And like yes. and enjoying their lives. Uh, yep. And so like that was always very exciting to me because I'm now at the point in my life where I'm like, I want to enjoy shit, right? Like I've worked hard <laughs> for a long time. I want to enjoy shit. So yes, yes. All right, awesome, dude. I love hearing the perspective of people that haven't like experienced it hardcore because it is all that it is absolutely all that what i come to find out right like at the cost of probably the most extreme winter you're going to experience anywhere (laughs) but but this my my hypothesis is is this shitty weather is what leads to like really creative people (laughs) 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 Tell, tell me not right like detroit and stuff um like you have to like when when you're stuck indoors your imagination is your survival tool right you know and and so there's a huge probably i would say the biggest game development hub in north america going on up there and and like you said the tax breaks and it it's big bro it's a so it, it's so cheap if you're an american company to develop a game in canada let alone montreal you can get so much talent, people that love to do what they do. And, and it's like, it's musical chairs up there. It's crazy because it's like, you know, Ubisoft and EA and IDOS and um, uh, what's the other one? And Warner Brothers and so many indies. And THQ and, and was there for a little bit. THQ was there for a little bit. <laughs> well, we had a Volition studio there for a short amount of time. What? Yeah, it was part, as part of THQ. Yeah, we actually had people leave our studio to go up there. And start a, a, and then just basically it's like a tester, you know, like, or no, sorry, a test of do we want to uh-huh. like build up our studio there? What yeah. happened? Uh, it, it, it didn't last long. Um, it was there, you know, they got up there and we're working on something. The project got canceled, that kind of thing. So, damn, damn, man, that would have been awesome. Um, cause I always, I always listen to you guys talk about volition and champagne and be like, you know, you, you could probably live like rock stars. In, in that area, in both areas, easy. Right. Uh, yeah. Um. So so Montreal, like you said, culture, food, people. It was the first city that I lived. In. Well, a I was living in the city. I could finally afford to live in the city proper. Uh, I didn't have to live in like the the suburbs, and and it was a senior gig, so it was my first time kind of stepping into senior dumb. Yeah. Uh, and and it was fantastic because it was like AI design. And and I didn't know that that was something that I can do or wanted to do or was an option, but when I had to kind of go in for the interview and defend myself, 
it was kind of second nature. Like my entire career had been spent wrestling with AI and NPCs to kind of do your bidding, right? Like puppeteer style. Right, right. So I can speak a lot to it. Plus add on the fact that I, I live and breathe and eat and sleep AI. And I mean, I'm sorry, uh, a stealth gameplay, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you have to be very uh, vocal and clear and communicative to the player when he's detected and like, yep. okay, Hey, we lost him. And, um, you know, call for backup and stuff like that. Fear, fear was a big motivator for sure. I love, mm. I love citing fear for AI gameplay. Um, so all, all the things lined up and, uh, Warner Brothers, and, and, and a big thing too was the creative director, uh, Pat Redding, he's still there. So, so now it all, it all kind of like leads to Gotham Knights, right? Gotham Knights is, is what they're working on and it's looking awesome. Um, and he, his, his background comes from Splinter Cell and Far Cry. So that really attracted me because that studio has a lot of, Ubisoft blood and IDOS blood. So you have people that worked on Thief, people that worked on Assassin's Creed, wow. people that worked on Splinter Cell, Far Cry. So we had a lot. I had a. I felt like I could learn so much by diving into that into that ecosystem of of development, and um, and they kind of trusted me too, right? They kind of gave me free reign or creative control over, like, hey, you know, bring what you know from open world game design on GTA and Red Dead and bring that and mix that with our, our experience and knowledge on like Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell and things like this. And I loved it, man. I loved it. Not to mention the fact that we were kind of like a, we we kind of not reported to, but had like creative checks and balances with DC. So we had full access to the DC vault to kind of read and watch and, and learn everything, which I'm sure was similar to like how it was for with Godfather or the right, Simpsons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I like power leveled on all my Batman knowledge and all the DC villains and things like this. I watched so many Simpsons episodes over the course of, <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of my favorite shows of all time. So I didn't, you know, it's, yeah. it's like it's it's that's torture, right? You know, have it away. It's, it's symptoms, work. So, yeah. Hey, yeah, you gotta go. Gotta get to work. You gotta watch <laughs> all of season two and three. Nobody bother you. <laughs> um, but dude, fantastic culture and and what I really loved was it was as a senior or or just kind of the the style of the studio is we were very tight as a as a senior design group. Like we all we had a lot of the creative director's time. We sat right next to him and we would always meet kind of every day and go over the vision and, and parlay back and forth and, and feed ideas off of each other and, and refine and iterate on what the game could be together. And, and so that, that was such a, an awesome feeling of like, wow, is this, is this what it's like? really having input on on the the vision of a game and working closely with the the creative director right yeah. uh it was it was really awesome bro like some of the best some of the best xp in my career um and 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 it, there's, a, there's a stereotype that, that goes around with like canadians how they're really nice and, and apologize right, a lot right 
It is so true. It's so true. Like, I was waiting for you to be like, nah, that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> they are so true. brutal. No, no. <laughs> it's so true. It's like people are, people, you know, like meetings, people don't talk over each other, you know, and then they kind of make sure everybody's heard. And, and, and I think it just, it's just a testament to the way they are, the people, and, and, and building really good products, man. Um, yeah. It's really cool. It's, there's, there's, everybody has roots in Ubisoft. I think Ubisoft was like the first game development studio in Montreal. And then, and then you have, then they, it kind of breaks apart, right? And people right. jump off and start their own studios or other publishers come in and start houses. Has uh, it been, has it been your, your experience? This has been my experience. And just kind yeah. of, you reminded me of this now that kind of the way you get promotions is to go to another company to get that next position. Have you seen much of that? Yeah. You know, I could tell you, I can tell you that I, it's, it, it, there's, there's, it's rare to see someone get promoted from within. And, and it's a shame because it should totally be the other way around. And what I typically see is that you always kind of bring in someone from another team Mm -hmm. as like the senior or the lead or the director because of their background or experience. Right. And, and and it should totally be the other way around, man. It should be like, oh, you know our systems and tools and culture, and we're gonna we're gonna guide you through that. And, and I have more to say about that that I learned at Amazon that I, that I hadn't seen, so that I can I can add to that. But what what about you? Yeah, I mean, like for me, every time that I moved to a new company, I ended up with a better position, right? And mm-hmm. and often people around me would would leave to go somewhere else to get that next position. And like, when you think about it from a business perspective, you have someone, right? They're doing the work that you want them to do. It's, it's easier to keep them doing the work that you want them to do. Right. So, so I can see why it's, it kind of works out that way. Whereas other companies look at you and they're like, Hey, we've got this position. You've been doing everything that's leading right to it. We're going to yeah. offer you that thing you want. Come on over here, make some more money, do the thing you want to do, right? Totally. So, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you would think it's the other way around. Right? You, would, like, you wish it was. You, I guess, yeah, I guess, it, I guess it does. I guess you wish it was. You're absolutely right, because that's, that's unfortunately what happened. Like, um, I got hit up out of nowhere from uh, somebody on Amazon and they kind of put this idea out in front of me uh, that, hey, you know, we're working on a game engine and we'd love you to come aboard and build content on our engine to showcase the, its power to get right. kind of drive adoption and build a community around it. And this kind of lit a light bulb off where it's like, hold on, man, by, by this point in WB, you know, we had gone through two projects that were canceled. And then finally, the one we got is, is now seeing the light of day. It's Gotham Knights. Um, that, that this kind of opened up this door of like, hey, instead of me dedicating all this time on one project and investing everything and all my attention and creative juices on one project, and, and as you know, my background is a tech designer, right? Like right. my passion really lies in, in harnessing the power and strength of other designers 
to bring their vision to life that hold on man i can i can work on the 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 engine and and let alone the fact that it's a space where that's just dominated by like unreal and unity that if anybody has the backing or the 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 yeah i guess backing to see this thing through because it's going to take a massive effort and team to get a third engine out in this space it's amazon yeah uh and so in my head you know i was like oh man once this thing blows up you know i can go anywhere anywhere that that works on lumberyard with lumberyard technology i can i can help or paratrooper in or kind of uh in my in my head do that kind of like consulting role right you know yeah uh so it was super alluring but again i was with an awesome team working on an awesome ip doing what i i felt like i was born to do as a designer that's tough man well and so you know the the you know i go through the gauntlet to interview gauntlet at amazon which was a different beast because they do a very good job of preparing you like constant calls to be like okay this is what you need to know. This is who you're going to talk to. Let's rehearse. Let's practice. Let's have oh, a mock interview. Interesting. It's it's a whole different vibe coming into like a corporation or a software company uh, than it yeah. is a game studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazon AWS is is a software company, not right. a game studio. Well, it's it's more than that, right? Like it's a yeah. global conglomerate, right? Like it's <laughs> it, it is a giant. Then this is a small part of what a very small part of what they do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And so it was. It was. It was really nice. The interview was super cool. Very nice. I would say the games industry prepared me very well to <laughs> go through the the gauntlet of like right. you know five rounds and and getting whiteboarding and talking to people um and and it turns out that they were kind of looking for me man like they had gone through a lot of candidates and they finally found what they were looking for that, you know, someone that feels good that feels good <laughs> mm-hmm. and, it, and it helped in the kind of like negotiations as well right, right. it's like hey i i don't want to leave what i'm doing but this is what it would take if you make it worth it yeah yeah if you make it worth it uh and and you know i took that back to my to my team and it it, there was there was a lot of ground and leverage there and and to be fair to be fair to my team they kind of gave me everything they could yeah to 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 keep me there and 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 i love them for it but like with my responsibilities and and my wife and things like that. Like it, it was just too compelling to yeah. pass up. Yeah. Uh, so it was a sacrifice of, it was a sacrifice to leave what I was doing at Warner Brothers behind and the, and the team, but they're rocking it, man. I don't know if you've seen it, but definitely pay attention to, to the project. It's, it's looking good. It's going to be awesome. Nice. It's going to be awesome. So hey. that, that, Hey, before, before we move on, we got one more shot to take. You ready Let's for this? Yeah, this? This is the big one. You know, I love that song. Woo. And, and now it's like kind of bittersweet, man, because it's like it's coming to an end. That's right. Cheers, bro. Cheers, brother. Mm. 
All right. We got like 15 minutes. All right. So here's uh, my question. Shoot. Are we going to need a third episode? Is that, is that what, is that what's about to happen? Cause like we still have barely touched Lumberyard. We haven't gotten to EA at all. <laughs> it's my it's my fucking fault, James. And I'm sorry. No, 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 sorry, no, no, no. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, I I am super pleased with our conversation. I would not be suggesting a third episode if I didn't think that it would warrant it. Just saying. And oh I, shit! Look at Cobra. Cobra had to quit from AWS. That's right. Yeah, oh. yeah. What was your experience on AWS? Did you have to work with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, and there's a lot there. There's a lot of layers to that beast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying is we need a third episode, right? Like, <laughs> yo, okay. I mean, it, I, I, you're you're the host. I will always try to like extend my welcome. <laughs> I'm just that type of dude, man. I'm dude, like, oh, wow. listen, like. You, there's no, like, you don't have to extend your welcome. You are always welcome. So I, I think we should definitely uh, figure out figure out a third time here. So let, let's figure that out. Let's keep uh, that in mind because we, yeah. like, I, I really want to dig in on, because I think that a lot of people, especially people that are new designers specifically, may not understand the importance of the tool set and what that provides them and, and how a good tool set, and this is what you, what you worked on, right? Like your job was to show people what a tool set was capable of. Right. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. that, that is, I I think that people don't understand. Like when I tell people, Hey, go learn unreal, go learn unity. They have no idea what that really means. You know what I mean? Like, what does it mean to know a tool set? What, what does that do for me? What am I able to do with it? That's what your expertise has been at, was at your time at Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Understanding, understanding how to present that, that package to a developer, right? And having to speak not just design, but art, engineering, yeah. backend, VFX, Things and, like this, yeah. and a good designer has to have a base level understanding of all of that to know that the content that they're going to create is going to be feasible, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, and then the, and then using a tool the appropriate way helps you do that, right? And like, like yep. we we haven't even been able to touch on that yet. So I'm I'm Fair. I'm excited to like that. I think honestly that literally talking about just tools and your experience and working with them and and teaching people to use them properly. We can fit two hours of that pretty easily, I think. I appreciate your 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 foresight and your design uh, eye, right? Your 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 key <laughs> eye to to recognize that because I would have definitely tried to brush through that, and I appreciate that you recognize that. Hey, we we th- this is actually something that could be very beneficial to uh, the streamers. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Heck yeah. So then let, right. let's do that. So then we've got, we've got a few minutes left. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about like what, all right. So coming into today, I I have a feeling you had a few things in mind that you wanted to make sure we talked about that you got Uh, your point across. Is there anything that we did not touch on today that you kind of had in mind or wanted to make sure that we covered? I want to 
definitely talk about there's a an EA conference going on oh, this right. Friday. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let me let me I think I got that link here. I'm gonna drop this in the stream. Uh I almost forgot about I, that. Oh shit. Okay. Can I just like just put it around the Twitch chat? Damn, oh wait, hold on. That that's that link's not working. Let me copy and paste one second. Email. Boom. Copy. Paste. Okay, here's a nasty. Oh my god, the character limit. I might have the tiny URL. <laughs> oh I might have my the god. Tiny, I don't, that did not it. work. Okay, let me let me let me tiny URL this thing real quick. No worries. Um, Your but, tiny so, URL is still going to be like three pages long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, the. Uh, let me see. Tiny URL. Fuck you. All right. Coming in. Coming in hot. So let me test this shit first. Always test. All right, it works. So you can click on that and check it out. But really, uh, what I believe, what I understand this to be is we're doing a virtual conference and nice. we're going to talk about, uh, you're going to hear from our, our talent directors and everybody. And a big thing you're going to learn about is the internships available at EA. And if you know anything about the studios, right, the studios in... Orlando, LA, Montreal, Austin, uh, Seattle, there's the studios everywhere. And so internships available for a lot of different things for all for art, animation, programming, design, uh, people, business, and you're going to learn about internships and graduate programs. Nice. And it's going on Friday. And it's free on demand, you just got to sign up and come through and participate. I don't know what it's going to entail for employees. And when we show up, I don't know if we're going to have to talk to people or whatnot, but I just want to make sure that you guys don't miss out on this opportunity. Because again, going back to the stream and the podcast and everything you're doing, Jameson, I wish these things were around when I was graduating or like yeah. kind of on the cusp of like, what do I do once I get out of here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, that's great. That's perfect. So yeah, guys, definitely check that out. Make sure you are, yeah, that link definitely works. So we're good there. Sweet. And, and I put it on the Discord in your like game job Perfect. section as well. Perfect. Yeah. That, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing I wanted to touch on. Oh, that's um, great. That's perfect. And then we can leave the rest for next time. So that's great. We'll, uh, I, I'll talk to you tonight. We will figure out another time and uh, we will make that happen. Faux show. I had a blast, man. Me I had too, a blast. Man. Like, even if I wasn't taking five shots, thanks, thanks to executive. <laughs> I had a blast. Good, man. Me too. I always enjoy having you on. And it sounds like we're going to make it a regular thing. So that's good. Thank you, yeah. Jameson. Thank you for this, bro. Thank you for, for spearheading this, starting this, and letting me be a, a little part of it. Absolutely, man. I appreciate having you. Honestly, like, thank you for doing this. Like, the the biggest part of this content is people like you that are coming on and sharing your experience and and I know how much you you love making sure that people get that benefit that we didn't have, right? Like people coming back and talking to us, letting us know what it's like. Like it, that's all good, man. I love it. I appreciate you, and I look forward to talking again next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us live every Wednesday night at seven p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv forward slash Jamison Doral. 
Every Thursday, I'll have a new podcast episode ready for you so you don't miss out on anything. Be sure to follow me on all my social media using the links in the show notes, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.